Hello, hello, hello. This is Brooke Walker with Exceptionally Effective Esquire. I hope you guys have been doing amazing. I have been totally behind with my podcast, so I apologize. Um, but I'm back. Had a lot of, uh, I had life, you know, we all have life, which is not a good excuse not to keep things going. But um, I am here. And I'm really excited about today's topic. I'm actually excited about next week's topic too. So um, today we are going to talk about substance abuse. I have a very different outlook on it than most people. Um, I'm excited to share that with you and um, partially because I really think that it really dives more into why people do what they do. And when you get into the why about things, then you're able to solve problems, in my opinion. You know, a big part of why I do a lot of what I do is because I feel like it's the best way to solve problems. Habits, better habits solve problems. Um, So before we dive too deep into that, what I'm going to tell you is next week we are going to get into boundaries. I absolutely love the subject of boundaries. I love the subject of boundaries because I really believe it is the way that we express our love for ourselves. And I know that sounds kind of hokey, but um, our boundaries tell people how to treat us. And when you don't have strong boundaries, people will run you over. And typically it's because of how you feel about yourself. Um, there's one of my favorite quotes is out of a movie and it's, um, secrets of being a wallflower. Is that what it is? I'll put it up next week with the, uh, I'll put it up next week, but there's this scene where this kid is upset about, um, what he sees in the way that people treat each other and relationships and stuff. And I think particularly he likes a girl that, Um, is in a really bad relationship or something and he's talking to one of his teachers about it and his teacher says to him we accept the love we think we deserve I love that quote I think it's so accurate I think it nails it on the head so much I've personally experienced it so much so we're gonna talk and dive into boundaries and how um, when we level up we create different relationships in our life that are more nourishing and um, purpose-driven, meaningful, and I'm excited to talk about that next week. So, but this week we're going to talk about substance abuse. I, I don't particularly love the word. We can talk about drug use, we can talk about alcoholism, we can talk about all this. I don't love any of those words because I think they put such a negative connotation on it. And that's not because I'm saying it's necessarily okay. Um, but what I do believe about any type of use of a substance, whether we're talking about drinking or smoking or marijuana or any type of drug. And I mean, we could use non-drugs in this, but today we're just talking about substances. If there's any substance that you're using, I believe that it is because you don't know how to use a better way to handle the same problem. So let's break that down a little bit. 
Now, I remember when I was taking classes, um, while I was getting my psychology degree, we would go into, you know, I was I was fascinated by the subject. And it's interesting because I grew up around a bunch of really heavy drinkers. And I think when we grow up around that kind of stuff, we kind of take those, take some of those habits on. Um, and, and I was smoking when I was a teenager. Um, I quit more than a decade ago, but when you take these things on and you and you're you whether you're smoking or drinking or drug use you know and and i don't even use the word drug use in a particularly negative way i know that a lot of people smoke pot but what i've noticed about any one of those whatever one you decide is your um best best uh best way to handle stress the question about it is, is are you using it because you enjoy the occasional sip, inhale, edible, whatever it may be, or are you using it to deal with stress? So if you look up, if you look up a lot of the stuff that about alcoholism, for example, I'm just using that, we could say drug addicts, but I don't, I think drug, drug addicts is a harsh reference to somebody who smokes pot but you could be using other substances as well but if you look up the definitions of a lot of those basically what they what they teach you in school when you're learning about that stuff is that it's more about is it causing problems in your life i think that that is i i think that that's a horrible way to say it because we have what we call functional alcoholics and a functional substance abuse user is somebody who it doesn't particularly cause problems in their life, but it doesn't mean that they are using it in a way that's benefiting their life. So here's what I mean by this. My whole goal is how to get you to be the best at whatever it is you want to do your personal best and if you don't have the best way to handle stress or um, grief or anger or pain or all these different situations and you have and you decide that substance abuse is the best way to handle those situations because that may have been what you were taught when you were younger then you're still not going to be as good at what you want. You're still not going to be as effective. That's just, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. And when we're young, we don't learn how to, you know, it's not like our parents sit down with us. And some of us have great examples of this, but most of us didn't. Even if you had amazing parents, your parents probably were not great at this. But none of our parents sat down and taught us how to deal with grief and said, all the things that go with the grieving process because most people don't understand it and don't know how to deal with it. Um, whether that's, you know, losing a pet or losing a family member. And a lot of us didn't ever learn how to sit down and handle the grief of relationships or the pain of, of creating and, and having boundaries about ourselves because we're used to families not having the greatest boundaries. Um, we don't know how to deal with stress. So we're taught 
you know, we're taught coping mechanisms. And in my family, there was a lot of drinking and there was a lot of smoking, and those were the ways that you handled stress, and that's what I saw. So as I got older, even as a teenager, and I began to take on stress, and I began to take on more responsibility, I smoked. And then I started drinking. I mean, I was drinking as a teenager as well. And it was the way that you let off steam, it was the way that you dealt with things, it was just, it was just what you did. So, throughout life I thought that those were the best tools to do that. The problem is is we we have those experiences where that becomes a coping mechanism for us so as we get down the line and we really get into life so once I got you know for example once I I mean I had kids I had kids at 19 and 21 I mean I was getting divorced at at 21 or 22 years old. Was I 21 or 22? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I think I was, I think I was 21 when I was getting divorced. Maybe 22, barely. So I became, I mean, smoking. I, you know, went from smoking half a pack of cigarettes with a baby, two babies really, to smoking, you know, a pack of cigarettes a day and and drinking. Because it was the only way that I knew how to deal with that level of pain in my life. And over time, that was just that was just the way it was done. You know, as other things happened, as, you know, I experienced loss and I experienced and, and it, it, it was what what comes along with that is the dysfunction of that. Now, I was definitely what you would call functional in it. I still got up every day. I still worked. I still took care of my kids as well. You know, there was there. I never missed a beat because I didn't consider that to be an option. It was always something that I had to be able to do. I had to be able to do all the things. So does that mean I was a functional alcoholic? I mean, there's, there's different rules online about how many drinks you can have a week as a man and as a woman, and women is half as many as men. <laughs> and if you have more than that, then you might have a problem. But I think that that's also incredibly vague. You know, I think that what we have to be looking at is why we're doing it. Are we drinking to deal with stress? Are we smoking pot to deal with stress? And I had a very long conversation with my daughter about this too. Um, both of my children use marijuana. And I, my daughter talked about how she was, she had stopped using it so much for different reasons. And we had a very long conversation. I was like, you know, I said, I know that you've used it for stress. I said, do you feel like as you've gotten better tools in your life to deal with those stressful things? Because she's, she, you know, she does yoga and she does a lot of different stuff. I said, do you feel like you just don't need it? And she goes, yeah. And we had a really interesting conversation about it. And my experience with most people is the more that you find better ways to heal and and get through toxic situations that don't that you don't use those as a crutch you just don't need them and i think a lot of people deal with it like take away the alcohol take away the smoking take away this take away that and to me those are a symptom this is not to say that you can't enjoy a glass of wine or smoking a joint or having a cigarette. I would, 
cigarettes, I really would say, I mean, don't get me wrong. Cigarettes is really one of the things that I would say is definitely unhealthy. The other ones you could enjoy a little bit here and there, and I think you're fine. That's a personal opinion. Take it as you will. Um, I still enjoy um, a drink here and there. It's not a big part of my life. Uh, the main reason it's not is because it gets in the way of other things that I enjoy more. It is awfully hard to drink at night and get up early in the morning and go to the gym the next day. You're less motivated. It's just not as fun. And I love the feeling like kicking my own ass in the morning <laughs> with a workout. I love the feeling starting my day that way. And as if you've listened to the sleep podcast, which I sh which was um, a few a few back, go check that one out. But alcohol does it. It is an inhibitor, which is why people are able to come out, but people are able to let things go. Like, but one of the things is it because it's an inhibitor, it helps you to fall asleep, but it also gives you crappy sleep. So. I know that when I drink, I have a worse night of sleep, so it's going to affect my next day. And that's mostly not acceptable to me. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to for me. And I also don't use it for stress anymore. I have a drink for fun. I have a drink when I, you know, want to enjoy the taste of an amazing glass of wine with somebody that I'm enjoying spending some time with. Could be family, you know, could be friends. So, so we got to begin to think of this differently. So there's a lot of fear and attachment around these things because we, because we feel like we need them to function, to deal with the stress in our life. So when I'm dealing with anybody and working with anybody, my goal is never to take away something you feel like you need. My goal is to give you something that's better at it. Because when you find something better to deal with a situation, you're going to move away from that thing. You know, and I think the biggest problem with alcoholics is it's addressed like the alcohol is the problem. The alcohol is a solution to a problem you haven't figured out how to fix. The, the, the substance abuse is something that you're using because you're avoiding something else. You're, you're smoking pot. You're smoking pot because you're stressed out about the work and the, and the stress that your work's putting you under and this, this weight of this job or this, you know, and I can tell you like that I've seen in several people that, you know, they smoke pot because at the end of the day, they can't turn off their, they can't turn it off. They can't turn off um, the weight of the stress of the job that they're working. And I've seen this one so many times. And I'm like, you know, there's, there's ways to deal with that. Like there's, and nobody wants to hear this. Nobody wants the, nobody wants the better solution, but it's like meditation, breathing, they will do something that none of those other things will do for you. They will actually snap you out of it. They can actually work and snap you out of it and change the brain in a positive way. And I can tell you right now, alcohol, drinking, which are the same, sorry, <laughs> alcohol, smoking pot, smoking cigarettes, none of them do that. All they do is they numb something temporarily. Okay, so do you want 
a solution to the problem or do you want to be temporarily numbed? And don't get me wrong, I can understand absolutely why somebody wants the temporary numbing. I get it. It is, it is, it is very appealing to not have to feel something. But that's the problem, is everybody is pulling away and moving away from these situations to have to feel. And we wonder why we have a society of numbed out people. We have people who are unable to feel emotions. And I can tell you right now, <laughs> it's not even funny. I mean, if you've been in the dating world, and if you are, you know, I give you kudos because it is a it is a rough one. But talk about a bunch of people who have decided to not have any emotional attachment. When you move away from feeling and when you're trying to numb emotions, you're usually trying to numb the negative stuff. But unfortunately, you cannot numb the negative without numbing the positive. You can't decide not to feel heartbreak and also not feel love, not feel compassion, not feel empathy, not feel, you know, there's, there's these joy. And I don't know, I may have spoken about this on another, um, another one of my podcasts, but one of the things that I've noticed and that I see a lot in other people, but I also experienced in myself is that I had slowly moved away from feeling like I had a lot of trauma growing up and the trauma that I had growing up caused me to put a lot of blocks up in my life, a lot of walls, emotional walls. And the problem with that type of stuff, and I really do believe that, that we put something up called heart blocks, where we actually are consistently putting up these, these internal walls that keep us from connecting with people. And the purpose of them when they're initially made is because we have people in our lives who are toxic. So we are making sure that we protect ourselves. And a lot of people do this in childhood. So when we put up these, we put up these walls in childhood, but the problem is, is as we get into adulthood, we still have these walls up. You may have something like this because of a childhood situation. You could have this from going through difficult situations as an adult. It, it, they can come on because of relationship stuff, family stuff, um, you know, friendship stuff, where we slowly begin to put these things in our way. But make no mistake, walls work both way. They keep you out, they keep people out, and they keep you in. And you cannot truly, deeply open up, care, love, support, and be there fully for somebody if you don't make sure that you heal those. So, this this numbing circle continues to go on and on and keep people out and keep us from feeling and keep and and their protection mechanisms so drinking and smoking pot and all these different things they can be these protection mechanisms that you needed to put in place 
you probably at some point absolutely needed this and it kept you safe. If you're listening to this, it is time to realize you don't need it anymore. You can protect yourself without this. And this is where we're going to go into boundaries next week and it's going to be perfect. Because when you begin to put in those boundaries, then you are verbally and emotionally telling people who you are and what you expect and what you accept. And then you don't need all this other stuff because you can decide who you're going to fully love. You can decide who you're going to be fully vulnerable with. You can decide all these different things. And you're not using because you have the tools to do it. And you're not going to need the alcohol or the smoking or the pot or the all these different things. And don't get me wrong, if you want to enjoy those, enjoy those. Enjoy those. Have a day where you have a beautiful glass of wine. Have a day where you but but it should be a celebration and something that's that's fun for you. I can't if I <laughs> I, some of this I think is funny. I can't see one more, um, you know, basically alcoholic women's meme about, you know, why you need wine. <laughs> I mean, there is a million alcoholic women's memes about why women need more wine to deal with their life, their children, their everything else. Like, if you really need that then it's time to take a take a good look at things and reset. So anyway, um, I need you to understand that the reason that we create better habits for ourselves is because when we do that, we don't we aren't using something as a crutch. And the the end of the day, it's about doing things that are going to get you to the best possible place for you where you could take or leave anything else in your life. You don't ascribe value to something that you don't need. And I see so many people using it like it's something that they can't live without. You know, whether it's drugs, drinking, and I really want you guys to understand it's about putting better habits in place. So let's talk about what some better habits are. Um, exercising. Exercising can be incredibly therapeutic. And, <laughs> and I know, you know, and it's really funny to me that I do this sometimes because you guys, you have to understand, I remember sitting there and being like, oh yeah, exercise rather than sit and have a drink like I don't have any energy left who's got energy to go exercise and the funny thing about exercise is the more you do it the more energy it gives you and it's it's about longevity and health and living a long and beautiful and healthy life if you knew right now you were going to live to be blank many years old and I don't know what you guys want that to be for you, but if you knew right now that you were going to be here until whatever age. And for me, I always think of the I th always think of, you know, over 100. And I had some family members who were in fantastic shape in their 90s. 
And I want to be like that. I don't want to be in a home. I don't want to ever need medical services. I want to be sharp. I want to be witty. I want to be funny. I want to be there for my family. All the things I am now, just twice the age I am. (laughs) Well, more than twice the age, because I'm not that old. So... I realized a long time ago that, that, you know, some of the substances I was using made me feel like shit. I quit smoking partially because I was running. And a little also secret that I don't tell many people. (laughs) Part of the reason I quit smoking is because I would wheeze. And it was very unattractive. And I remember, I remember it a couple times and I was like, oh my gosh, like I was in my thirties and I sounded like a, and I was barely 30, I think, I think I was like 30 or 31. And I remember smoking and I remember like wheezing like an old woman. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is horrible. And to me, that's it, you guys. I still look at people who are smokers for long periods of time and the wrinkles around their face. I mean, they just look so aged at young ages. I want to look good. You know, I look good now. I want to continue that. And I'm not necessarily the person who's ever going to get any real work done, but my gosh, I want to look amazing as I get older. So, you know, I share all this with you guys because I want you to think about why any of this would motivate you to want to put better things in place. I mean, you may be sitting there and recognizing as you listen to this that there is something that you know you have a negative relationship with. You may know that you drink because you're stressed the fuck out. You may know that you smoke pot because there's so much stress in your life. And what I'm going to say to you is that is a road that is not very sustainable. You are not going to last long using those as a crutch because they don't fix the situation. They mask the situation and they numb you out. And we need people who stop numbing. We need people who are on their game. We need people who are going to show up and be fully there and fully present and are aware of all of their everything. The good, the bad, the ugly, it doesn't matter. But unfortunately, we have a lot of unaware people and hurt people hurt people. And so if you're not dealing with your shit, your shit's gonna overflow on others. And when you're not dealing with your shit, you're gonna attract other people to you who, st- who also don't deal with their shit until you say no. And again, we're going to talk about that in boundaries. (laughs) So I hope you guys have enjoyed this today. I know that I have. I always do. Um, It's, you know, my job when I talk about substance abuse is not to tell you that you have a problem. I'm not here to quantify how much you can and can't drink and still be okay. If you're questioning it, I would say that that's probably a sign that maybe yours is out of balance. So let me ask you, what could you do instead? 
I want you to ask yourself better questions so you can get better answers. So the next time that you decide that you're going to pick up a drink or pick up a joint or an edible or smoke a cigarette, ask yourself why. If you still want to pick it up and have it, do. But ask yourself why you're doing it. And then ask yourself, is there a better way to do this? Is there a better way? If you're picking up a cigarette because you're stressed out, I want you to think about, is that the best way to deal with your stress? I tell you, if you guys start doing this where you ask yourself better questions, you're going to come up with better answers. And the answer is, is <laughs> the answer is going to be no. <laughs> You know, it's not about finding a healthier cigarette, like vaping or all the, which all of that is not healthier. It's just same old shit. It's about learning how to solve problems that give you better, long-term, more sustainable solutions. So it has been a pleasure as always, always strive for bliss. And I hope you guys have an amazing day. Bye-bye.